0: Be more happiness So much joy you can give To each brand new bright tomorrow Make me happy
1: Bitter, Bitter, Just, just Better, the all-new Everton podcast.
2: podcast. Hello everyone and welcome once again to the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Mr. Johnny Seven here, slightly happy, only slightly, funnily enough, uh, as always with Mark Mach.
1: Yeah, and... We brought you in to the podcast today with probably Britain's best-loved double act, uh, and now we're handing over to Britain's most hated double act, possibly. Hated <laughs> is no, a bit we,
2: harsh. we definitely love more than that than death. No-one likes them. Uh, well, house, Housewives favourite. Maybe we'll be the, the new Housewives favourite soon, do you reckon? I might be. I don't know <laughs> about you. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, but that Markham and Wise clip was just class, wasn't it? Great touch at the end of the game on um, on Saturday.
1: Yeah, just to explain to anybody who, who may not know, um, at the end of the full-time whistle, uh, Evan gave their Christmas present to the fans, uh, which was a, a video set to the Bring Me Sunshine song, uh, where the players and the staff in the club all decided to sing along in a karaoke style, uh, and it was rather than using to say... The it was.
2: Some of the players just were completely out, like, out of it and some of them were like just so into it. Like uh, Lukaku looked like he was having the wh- a whale of a time, didn't he? And Osman and Jags as well. Just, yeah. It was so funny. I think James McCarthy needs
1: to learn the words to the song Now He seemed to be doing that thing, do you know, when like a song comes on and you, you, your mom or your dad are drunk and he sort of Think they know the words when you don't, and you go like
2: that. Well, that's what James McCarthy seemed to be doing, yeah. So, if if you haven't seen it, just google it on YouTube or or look, go to the Everton channel and it's uh, a Merry Christmas from Everton, Uh, bring me sunshine, utter class. Um, Following uh, a game that was not utter class, really, was it? Which funny game, wasn't it? Yeah, well, you look. If you win at the game and you look
1: at the score line, we've just destroyed another Premier League team at home. We beat them four-one following the you know the four0 win against Stoke, uh, and you'd think you know Everton are flying. In reality, we were poor.
2: Yeah, it was it was a very 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 strange game, uh, and we've got a few thoughts of an Everton legend uh, before we have a little bit of a talk about it. Everton's saviour Graham Stewart with some thoughts on the Fulham game. Shall we go to that now?
1: Yeah, it's from our match day lounge. Um, Graham was the, the guest uh, on Saturday, giving his thoughts on the season so far and obviously Saturday's game. Um, so we'll hand it over to the Diamond, uh, and this is what his thoughts on the Fulham game were.
2: We'll just uh, we just pick up where he started to talk a little bit about the Man U and Arsenal games. So we'll pick up there and then go, he goes into the Fulham game a little bit. So to win the game, Brian Oviedo getting the goal to win
3: the to win the game and get three points. It was happy days. Can, you then go into Arsenal knowing that that was going to be a stiffer test and to go out there and play the way we did I thought we dominated the game I, thought, I just thought we arrived to be honest with you because if ever, ever there was any doubts as to whether we could you know, sustain the, you know, the way we're playing and, and keep it going I think the boys answered it. I, uh, to, what was it I always say the Etihad the Emirates, whatever it is I thought the, the, the lads played great and to pick up four points out of those six I thought was an amazing effort I think we probably paid for it a little bit this afternoon. There was a little bit slack in that second half, weren't we? A little bit sloppy with some of the passing. But listen, how many times have we said that uh, you know, the side that's going to win championships you know, win ugly sometimes? And I think, I think we did that. We dug in. We played some decent football first half, to be fair. Um, probably should have capitalised a little bit more on just going in 1-0. But I think, in fairness, it was a little bit of uh, us being a bit sloppy and Fulham raising their game. I thought Fulham, in fairness, to not play quite well second half. But we dug in, came out with three points. I'd have taken two-one at the time. So to come out four one probably flatters us a little
1: bit. But who cares? We take it, well, Johnny, you're, uh, you're in good company there because uh, it's not only you that can't tell the difference between the Etihad and the Emirates. Uh, you and Graeme Stewart both uh, making the same mistake. I love that. Yeah, that's fair enough. But we'll let him off because you know we you scored against Wimbledon and saved us from getting relegated. You, you've never I done that, have you? <laughs> no, I didn't. No, no, I didn't think so. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we both agree with what Graham said there. Uh, we you know in the game itself we didn't play particularly well. Uh, some nice football in the first half, um, but not the best performance this season.
0: No,
2: uh, and we'll just go through the game a little bit. Uh, 18- Eighteen. The- the team used to start oh, yeah. off with. Obviously, oh, yeah.
1: there was the enforced change because uh, Jimmy Mack was uh, suspended for one game for picking up five yellow cards.
2: Yeah. So what we all kind of thought was Osman was just going to come in, and that was going to be the only change. But it wasn't. Delafeo came in as well for Morales. Uh, so that was, you know, quite a bold move. Osman and uh, Delafeo in for Morales and McCarthy. So a little bit of a surprise, but
1: not. You know, not yeah, too much. I think Roberto's come up this week and said he just felt like you know a little bit of rotation. Morales could do with a bit of a rest, uh, but it didn't quite work out that way, did it? Really, um, and we'll get to that a bit later in the game uh, with regard to, to Delafao. Uh, I've got to admit, just before we actually go into the, the, the rundown of the match itself, I've been defending this one because we've got to pronounce Katalikinich, haven't we? <laughs> A lot. Various times, a lot, yeah. yeah. Why is it always the the ones with the bad names you were involved in the game the most?
2: Oh, I had it down before we started, and I can't remember how I was pronouncing it now.
1: We have just sat there watching like various football programs to try and figure out how you say Kaka because we are aware that we do sound like a pair of idiots. Kaka Kaka Nikolic, let's go with that. Kaka I'm going to go with Kaki. You go with Kaki, yeah. From now on, that's it. We mean Sasha Kaka
2: I'll, I'll say Kaki. I'll say Kaka Okay. Don't, brave man.
1: Uh, so, yeah. First half, a um, couple of chances for the Blues. A bit, we started off quite well, I thought. We yeah, were we. It was, all, the ball around. We were it was all right.
2: The park end. right. I'd go with saying it was all right. What I did notice was it was silent. The ground was silent. It was a dead funny atmosphere. And obviously, you know, you're following two highs, uh, which was the, the draw against Arsenal. Uh, actually three. The draw against Arsenal, the win against Man U and the hiding we give Stoke. Yeah, so agree, yeah. So, and I think although, everybody was predicting us to win but I think there was that little bit of tension thinking, oh God, what if we do come on stuff against someone like Fulham? I and maybe that game, was in the air.
1: I came to the game thinking it
2: might be a little bit of like, a, you know, a, a party
1: atmosphere and it wasn't. It was just completely flat and I don't know whether that sort of transferred over to the players because the players came out and it was quite bright but then very
2: quickly it went downhill and we started uh, not being able to pass to each other well do you think there's a little bit of a danger of uh, a new generation of fans coming through and thinking we're a good team (laughs) (laughs) do you know whereas you know we've we've seen some bad times so all of this is like you know it's like it's amazing to see you know us turn around but when we kind of don't play well, I, fans get on the back, don't they?
1: Well, I think as Evertonians, we're a pessimistic bunch at the best of times. So I think, you know. We are. These new fans that are coming through, though, they only have to speak to anybody at the game and they will instantly get told just uh, how disappointing Everton can be.
2: Yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, so we, anyway, we started off okay. But what, what I want to say is uh, Osmond scored in the 18th minute. Didn't seem like the 18th minute. It was the longest 18 minutes ever, wasn't it? Because it was just 18th. I thought he scored in the 400th. Yeah, it was just a dead. It was was dead sloppy play. Um, I say we started off alright. You know, a few a few attacks. You know, attempt from a corner. A little. You know, a few efforts, but there wasn't really that free flowing football, Um, and a lot of misplaced passes. You know, balls just knocked out of play. Um, but when the, when the goal did come, it was a nice little bit of link-up play. I think it was from Oviedo and Pinar again, who were turned into a bit of a partnership, aren't they? And um, just knocked into Bainsey. Uh, not Benzi, Osmond. Oh, be. I had Benzi on the brain with the partnership there. To Osmond uh, and a little bit of the, the Aussie shuffle, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, if you had to describe
1: what you would say is, you know, the stereotypical Osman goal, that was it, wasn't it? A, a little bit of a, you know, a shuffle on the edge of the box. And a nice little vended finish, yeah, not too much power on it, but just perfect placement just inside the uh, the post.
2: A great goal for him, and it's, it was nice to see because, you know, coming back into the side, McCarthy's getting a, a lot more praise, and Osman can be forgotten about a little bit, and it's good for him to come in and do that.
1: Well, a great occasion as well as 300 Premier League appearance. Um, so obviously, you know, it's a, it, not many players get 300 appearances in the Premier League, uh, and a well-deserved goal, and, you know... I think a lot of people underrate Leon Osman, you know, uh, we've talked about this before, he, he is a form player, but, you know, I mean, on a national scale rather than just an Everton scale, he flies under the radar a lot, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of supporters of other teams, you know, if you're average Newcastle fan or Aston Villa fan, if you said to them, what's Leon Osman, you know, is Leon Osman a good player, they'd probably go, no, because he is very underrated.
2: Yeah. I'd, I'd say I'd say a lot of a lot of Everton fans underrate him as well, um, and he he does have poor games here and there, but he didn't on say Saturday, fortunately, and as you said, nice finish and a typical Osman goal.
1: It was, uh, but going back to the uh, the Abierto-Penar partnership, I think a lot of people thought once Baines got injured, you know, we'd lose that bit of threat on the left hand side, but. To me, it's business as usual. Nothing's changed.
2: Well, I think I said there was a danger of that being of that partnership being found out, and this seems to have freshened it up a little bit. There wasn't; it got off the boil a little bit, hadn't it? Pinar, we've talked about, uh, just kind of lost his footing in games, and now he's. Uh...
1: Well, we thought it was Pinar, but could it actually be Baines, who's you know sort of taken it off the boil and took his foot off the pedal?
2: I don't think so. I think teams have just
1: tried to combat against it and they've worked it out a little bit. So you don't think maybe Baines has got one foot in another camp, maybe, and isn't
2: no? Okay, interesting. Um, so basically, yeah. So we one 0 up, and there was another a like few half chances again, wasn't there? Um, you know, there was a, a deflected effort off Lukaku, which the goalie made a good save from. Um, but there wasn't that much else happening
1: I think that was before mind. the goal that was like, before the goal yeah
2: uh, but there wasn't really that much to write home about which wasn't great for us to talk about <laughs> really no it wasn't
1: uh, and then half time whistle blew and uh, it all went a bit surreal got us in part it really did right we were thinking initially we had to, let, let's let's cover the whole of the half time initially we were treated to the usual half time Fair, which was a group of kids in a choir murdering a Christmas carol. Now we shouldn't really say murdering because you know it's Christmas and you know you have to allow for these things, don't you? Like you know kids and go, ah, oh, isn't it cute? Well, no, it's not cute actually.
2: It's boring and it's terrible. But and the, the worst thing about it, I'd say, is they have the big screen on and they, they, they go well, they focus on the kids singing and it's like a millisecond off, isn't it? So they'll be singing... In fact, it's not even a millisecond. I'd say it's about an actual second uh, or a two. Second. A second. or two. So they'll be like... They'll be singing one word and another word will be up on the big screen. So it just... So it looks like a mime it, it does. And maybe they are mime and, uh, miming in time. But um, it, it doesn't look like on the big screen. So it just looks like a bit of a mockery, really.
1: And then, just as the kids are about to finish, suddenly an army of stewards. Now, if it had been any other game, I would have thought... The away fans are going off here. However, I, I looked over and Fulham's seven away fans were just tucking into their sandwiches that they brought with them.
2: Yeah, so we were thinking, what, what's going on here? There's not going to be a pitch invasion or anything. And then, on the left-hand side, you noticed that there were three blonde female stewards in a row.
1: You noticed there was three blonde and elbowed me going, they're all right, they're stewards no, over No, I wouldn't
2: know. do anything, anything of the sort. Um, but it was a bit... You know, it was like, why? It, who's it, who are they going to stop running on? And then more came out and they, they, they lined both sides of the pitch. And we're thinking, something definitely something going on There's here. There's definitely something up here. And what what song was it that started? I,
1: I can't remember. It was some random dance tune, wasn't it? And was it before or after the,
2: the other Christmas song?
1: No, it was, it was before. It was after. As soon as the kids finished, suddenly a load of dance music goes off. And then we've got stewards backflipping across the pitch, <laughs> running through the sprinklers, giving it a bit of flash dance. Yeah, it was uh, like
2: flash dance, wasn't it? And it was bizarre. It was bizarre. And uh, Jelovic and uh, Johnny Eitinger were having a bit of a chuckle and joining in,
1: weren't they? Yeah, we, Johnny Eitinger started throwing some shapes
2: uh, yeah. and busting a few moves uh, and generally found it rather amusing. But it was um, what it was anyway, It was it was a team of dancers from... Uh, Lipper, which, uh, if you're not from around the area, it was the, the school opened by Paul McCartney, Liverpool Institute for Performing Arts, and that's where the money's going to... Yeah. St- ...steward performance and buy a load of steward jack- jackets.
3: Well, we, for, uh, we must
1: have
2: bought 200 aluminous jackets with official
1: steward on the back, must not we? So there goes our January transfer budget.
3: But it was,
2: it was different, wasn't it? And it was... Uh, it, well, it had everyone talking. Do you know what? Well, to me, it
1: just all this stuff that we've been talking about so far the video at the end of the game yeah you know the the bring me sunshine song the the stewards at half time there's just a feel good factor around the club there's no way you would get any you know Man United or the shite or anybody else you know sort of laughing at themselves in a way and and doing that video at the end of the game and and, you know it's just it's what Martinez has brought to the club there's just a general party atmosphere I think and that's why the atmosphere in the first half of the game surprised me because everybody should be happy at the moment.
2: Yeah, well, I'm going to touch on that a little bit more. Uh, another another fellow who's brought that in, in, in the news section about what we've got to talk about there. Okay. Um, but you're right, and we would have thought, you know, you know that, that got, got, got the crowd buzzing a little bit. Not because it was so entertaining, just because it was, like, quite surreal, wasn't it? Yeah, just because it was different.
1: And then, after the stewards had finished, we got treated to another performer from Lippe and I didn't catch the girl's name who was singing a Christmas song. In it was a the Mariah. very very short, sparkly royal blue Christ- Mrs. Christmas Santa outfit, and uh,
2: I'm gonna so about this she had boss legs and she was fit. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, she she sang the Mariah Christmas, uh, Mariah Carey Christmas song, the All I Went for Christmas. Uh, and it was you know it was, again, it was just one of those kind of run of the mill, you know, X Factor auditiony type performances, wasn't it? It
1: was, and then she. Finished and took his boss legs down the tunnel, and the Fulham team came off for the second half. And Everton took about five minutes, and I believe it was because Faye uh, was trying to get a phone number.
2: Oh yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. So he's he, uh, he and had, he
1: got his phone number and decided they needed a little bit of time off over Christmas to take it out, uh, and we all know what happened there.
2: Yeah, goes west. Yeah,
1: So second half.
2: Yeah, well, it wasn't the best. You know, Fulham started to come into the game a little bit more and had a few more chances. We had a few more breaks around uh, down the other end, down the Gladstone Street end where, uh, where where we were attacking. Um, and eventually, uh, Fulham ended up with the ball in the box, a ball into Khaki Nikolic, Kaki, Kaki, yeah. And uh, Barry poked the ball away, but through his legs and legs were kind of tangled. And the ref gave a pen. We've got a. Uh, a bit of a, a rare occasion
1: here, where does it, not better, just better uh, difference of opinion. You
2: don't think it was a penalty? No, we, I mean, we watched we watched some footage before. He got the ball first, um, and then, as I say, the legs tangled. He got the, but he got the ball. It, he didn't go through him or anything, um, and apparently, the the law that said a tackle from behind, apparently, that's been taken out of the wording of the laws of the game. Which we've never really read, anyway. Which no, just, we no, <laughs> we don't know the laws of the game. I'm
1: still struggling with offside.
2: Yeah, so we, we um, you know, apparently that's been taken out. So how, if he got the ball first, it shouldn't be. It wasn't reckless, but it was a tangle.
1: I think you know, no matter what the the, the win of the law is, if you go through the back of someone nine times, do you think out he 10, did though? Well, he did, didn't he? The, 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 he didn't go know, through the back of someone? No, but look c- <laughs> is, uh, you know, he's got his body in between the ball and body. Now, when I say go through the back of him, I don't mean, you know, he's steamrolled through and, you know, David Unsworth them into the stand. You know, what, what he's basically done is he's put his tackling leg through the legs of Khaki and, and touched the ball away. But it's, you know, he has come through behind. He can't do that sort of stuff, especially in the box. You I are don't, asking for trouble. I don't think he meant to foul him. I just think it, I don't think it was reckless. I just think it was a bit I silly. don't
2: think he's selling it right there, though, because he didn't have possession of the ball in the box. The ball was played in, so he wasn't in control of that ball. So, Barry's entitled to try and poke that away because nobody's in possession. It's a free ball. I think if that was against an Everton player, we'd be screaming for a penalty. Yeah, we wouldn't get it, though, would we? Well,
1: <laughs>
2: probably not, no. <laughs> um, but, so, just before that, Cacanichlis as well. Sidwell's had a good good effort, hadn't he? Uh, which was pushed out. And Kak Nicolich from, what, eight yards out, managed to Joe Allen it over the top.
1: Yeah, great statement, Tim Ahmed, actually, for the, for the first For the shot. first one, yeah, good effort uh, by
2: Sidwell. Padded it out, and uh,
1: yeah, it was a bit of... A bit, what did you say then? Uh, Joe Allen. Joe, Joe, Allen. Joe Allen did it over the top. You
2: know, it was in a similar kind of position, wasn't it? I was going to say Ronnie Rosenthal, but it wasn't quite that bad. No, it wasn't quite that bad. It wasn't quite an open goal, because it's it just a goal he was down, and but he should have scored about eight yards out. Um, but eventually kind of redeemed himself by winning the soft penalty, in my eyes. Uh, and up stepped uh, uh, the, the calmest man on the pitch, yeah. as always.
1: Oh, Dimitar, my man to watch last week. Um, he scored a penalty the week before, where he basically did a, the old shuffle and sent the keeper the wrong way. And I think Tim Howard was well aware of this this week, because Tim Howard tried to sort of force his hand in the end. He, and he d- did. fake the dive to, to to his left. Uh and then Babatop just sort of did nothing. And then Tim Howard did that to the last, and Babatop just stuck it in the right corner. He hand, did
2: exactly honest. the same penalty. He did, yeah. So I mean, I was talking about this a little about the match. Do you do your homework? I mean, what 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 do you do from your homework? there?
1: No, well, I think Howard had done his homework. So we and, tried
2: to psych him and tried to, to double bluff him
1: and send him the other way, send him the opposite way to to, to what he'd he'd done the week before. But but Beb's being, you know. A vampire and an ice man just basically sent him did what he was going to do anyway, and and, and Howard lost out in that battle of wills.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> all right. Is Robin Hood just turned up? <laughs> this is why we have our phones on silence. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> um. So one all, and it, it, it looked like you know it, it might be a bit of a struggle, didn't it, in that in the game, you know, and then as Graeme Stewart said in his little review there. We probably would have taken a two-one there, wouldn't we? Yeah, definitely. I thought when they equalised at one-one,
1: I was thinking, this is this isn't good." This, you know, because I think last season that would have ended one-one.
2: Yeah, we'd have or, got these... or they could have nicked it. The play wasn't good. Like if the, the first half wasn't good, the second half, Fulham would have chances, and we were still giving the ball away um, an awful lot, uh, and it was very frustrating to watch. And then out of the blue, there was this this worldy bit of plas- passing, wasn't there? Like Brazil, like bit of passing interchange. And we're two one up. Yeah, I mean it started at the centre of the park. Was it Osman initially? Was it? I think it was Barry. It was Who spread,
1: spread it wide? Barry spreads it out wide. Um, you know, pena lovely little dummy, little sort of interchange of passes in the box with, with Aviato. Yeah, yeah, comes back to Pina. Uh, he runs to the byline, gets a, a crossfield ball in. I think it was, there was somebody waiting in the box, was it? I can't think who it was, he was waiting. Anyway, it bypasses the first man and falls nicely to James Coleman.
2: Who scores his third goal of the season with his left foot from right back. He's doing alright, isn't he? He is doing alright. <laughs> he's been a couple like that when he's followed them up as well, hasn't he? Like And, you know, the a furthest man forward, Coleman, from right back.
1: Yeah, um, and Coleman runs in front of the Gladys and, and starts celebrating it and the atmosphere picks up slightly, we could say.
2: It was, it was funny that though, wasn't it? Because we just watched the the, the, the highlights of that goal and it was picked up on, which, which we kind of missed in commentary. Uh, uh, so P- Pinar was telling Oviedo where to go uh, and basically doing a bit of off the ball playmaking. Uh, so it was like he controlled the play a little bit. He- yeah, P- I think Pinar had realised that their right back or their
1: right midfield had attracted sides with him. Yeah. So he sort of told Oviedo to, to go out a bit wider. Uh, he, and made he, he problems for the right hand side of Fulham, you know, to, to drag players out of position. Yeah, so
2: Pina cut in, Barry spread it round, spread it out. Uh, so Oviedo was on his own; he could pick a ball out, played it in towards Pina, stepped over it, and then made the run. Lukaku played a great ball down down the side, down the channel to Pinar, and As you say, he, he put the ball in, but it was just a lovely bit of a, uh, like an interplay, wasn't it? And it oh, was goal. All started by an off the ball bit of. Like playmaking, as I say, by Pina. So I didn't think Pina had that good of a game while we were there. But when, you know we, he played a part in the first goal, played a part in the second goal, and he just seemed to be involved in an awful lot, uh, which I didn't really get onto. Yeah, I love that. Um, and then I think probably that sort of
1: crushed a little bit of Fulham's resolve, really, because then from then on in, uh, we
2: put them to bed. Right, would if you thought that second goal was good? This third goal was was unbelievable, wasn't it? It was one of the best goals I've ever seen. It was Barcelona-esque, something straight off the training ground, wasn't it? Corner. Well, first, shall we talk a little bit about um, you know because my, aunt, my aunt took the corner. Um, he'd come on for uh, Delafeu.
1: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, Delafeu. Uh, it was something that didn't really look anything. Delafeu was he was going on one of his you know his trademark runs. Uh, pushing into the box, uh, or, you know, just slightly up the, the right wing, uh when he suddenly pulled up, and, and you could see just before he, he
2: kind of knocked the ball forward a little bit. I think it was to Pienaar again, uh, he just poked it forward, and you could see just before he poked it, he pulled it, you know, he, he held his he wasn't hamstring. even a full
1: sprint or anything, was no. he? he? You know, and it, it, it looked something or nothing, really. And then he, he was on the floor, and uh, he asked for the stretcher to come on, and the stretcher took
2: him a Three weeks to come uh, on, I think the two
1: pensioners were carrying kind a of stretcher from St John's Ambulance. I t- think that to have been a life-threatening situation, because <laughs> they, they were dawdling along, weren't they? They were, um, and it, it turns out that he's uh, damaged his, his hamstring, and you know, initially there was all sorts of crazy reports that he could be off for up to four months with a torn hamstring, uh, but that now seems to have settled down, and we're looking at about... Four to five
2: weeks, possibly. I so. feel a bit of a shady because I, I said he went down with a, with a torn um, short leg or something like that. You did, yeah.
1: You said he'd torn his shorts and that's why he was getting stretched off, yeah which is a bit harsh. I, yeah, I feel a little bit shady, you know. Uh, but, you know, again, two trains of thought on this. One is, you know, he's going to miss the whole of the Christmas period and it's, you know, just as the lad was coming into his own uh, and starting to show a bit of form and break into the team, it's unfortunate. Uh, and the other thought is, well, he's Spanish and he doesn't want to play at Christmas. Yeah. because it's cold and he wants to take that beard yeah. off from time
2: Yeah, Spaniard in injury over Christmas, shocker. <laughs> we're used to that kind of thing with Arteta, aren't we? I know. Yeah, he I, used to ph- He used to get a convenient booking or send it off which'd see him out or a, a, nice, a little pull and then go off to go home for Christmas uh, to Spain.
1: Arteta'd be phoning from like Dubai Airport, go, uh, putting his sick voice on. Uh, I don't think I can come to work today, boss. I'm not, not- well
2: yeah for two weeks <laughs> over <laughs> Christmas um, but as I say Morales came in uh, came on form took the corner which led to this unbelievable goal this unbelievable team goal, goal which I put us 3-1 up do you want to
1: explain it?
2: shall I explain it like I did you, before? you
1: explain it go on you give me your view and then I'll tell
2: you what my thoughts on it. right I'll explain it in the way you explained our one last, <laughs> a few weeks ago Morales puts in whips in this cross do you want to do do you want to do the actual one or the the
1: the, the yeah, I'll say how it free. really was, and you, you tell us you, uh, the,
2: the blue-tinted version. <laughs> blue-tinted, okay. Ralas whips in this unbelievable cross, just finds Distant, and Distant as a free header, and he could he could just head it in, but instead decides to flick it on, onto the on-Russian um, Lukaku, who managed to bundle, not bundle, sorry, he <laughs> manages to get a great connection and the goalie, uh, uh, he, he flicks it in off his chest. Did you know, like that Balotelli goal a few years ago. Yeah. He like like that bu- bullet shoulder on on target, and the goalie kind of make, makes a makes a makes save. a worldy save back to Lukaku. Point blank, he flicks it up with his knee perfectly into the path my non-Russian Gary ba- uh, Gareth Barry, who unleashes <laughs> unleashes a bullet diving header. <laughs> If we're gonna make comparisons, do you remember Henry Larsson a few years ago in the in the in the World Cup where he, he just absolutely steamed it, steamed yeah, I do. Yeah, just picture Gareth Barry doing that, and he, he just takes the the ball, the goalkeeper, the two defenders on the line, everything into the back of the goal and puts the Blues three one up. Right, okay.
1: Let's have it right now, shall we? Cool. Let's say how the goal really was. Morales <laughs> puts a hit and hope ball into the box. There's just. Everybody, nobody in the box can control the ball. It's bobbling around everywhere. It hits Lukaku on every part of his body other than his foot or his head. Uh, the keeper makes a terrible effort at saving it, and then it comes off the keeper and it's oh, it's Lukaku again on his thigh. Bounces up. It's body on his I don't know his cheek or his ear or something and trickles into the goal. It was an awful goal.
2: Yeah, somewhere in between, you might get an actual bit of truth there. <laughs> um, but it, it, de- it definitely uh, eased a lot of pressure and made up for Gareth Barry to get a goal. Which First goal which, for Evan? Which, well, second, wasn't it?
1: Oh yeah, the other one got awarded too. Did it? East, east. He is actually in a bit of a, a run of terrible goals, <laughs> terrible deflected goals. Well,
2: that the, well, this one he knew about, so he could actually celebrate, and he up made up, and so did the rest of the team. Um, so three one up. And we looked in control again there. And I think we were stood there in the Gladys Street going, how are we winning this
1: game 3-1? We've been terrible.
2: Yeah, so and the game's kind of petering out. We we had control of it. And uh, then Morales has a little bit of a breakaway. And we're thinking, you know, it would be nice to see Lukaku score here, wouldn't it? Because he hadn't really done that much apart from that amazing assist for Barry's goal. <laughs> um, so we're thinking, you know, I'll cross it, cross it. And Lukaku's thinking the same. Uh, you know, pulled, pulled across... Uh, Outside the box, just, you know, but free on the right. Uh, but Morales had other ideas, a bit of a cut in, and unleashes a, a decent effort. But I think the goalie should have had it, shouldn't keep he? Keeper should have done a lot better. But yeah. a lot of pace on the ball, so you, you, you can't give him too much stick over it. Um, the lad
1: plays in goal for Holland. Oh, he's a Dutch international. He should be doing better than, than what he did. Yeah,
2: I su- yeah, I suppose. Uh, but uh, you know, it it it's, it was you know we were three one up. That put us four one up. I don't think it really had that much bearing on the game. And
1: no, I mean it did. It, it didn't warrant a, a four one. Uh, I don't think. Uh, and that's how we finished, and, and we were thinking, oh, well, that, that does our goal difference, uh, a world of good, uh, yeah. going into Liverpool's game the next day uh, against to Tottenham, uh, but it didn't really help because they won 5-0. Yeah, they beat a very, very, very,
2: very, 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 very poor tottenham team 5-0. Uh, and
1: then the full-time whistle went out, and we got treated to the Morgan Wise uh, video that we, we opened the show with, uh, so all around it, it was a good day wasn't it really you know it was I mean you know
2: if, if we watched the highlights before and it made us look like we actually looked a lot better on the highlights than we did uh, at the game yeah uh, and as again as Graeme Stewart said in his little piece um it, good teams anyway, and championship challenging teams uh, can go places and uh, you know or, or win games without playing well and that's exactly what we did we didn't play well and we won four one. Which could have been a potential, yeah, potentially been a bit of a banana skin, couldn't it? It could,
1: uh, and obviously league position-wise now, um, with some of the results that went over the weekend, uh, we're in fifth. Uh, but I think what the most, you know, poignant thing
2: about the tables were four points from top, four points from top, and four points ahead of sixth. So it's you know it's it's looking quite good. Uh, you know, going into the Christmas period, we've got a, a run of decent games, and other teams around us can, you know, above us, play each other and have tough games. Yeah,
1: and the other thing that that I've noticed is we're only nine points from safety. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll have that. We could we could be safe by January. Yeah. yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, you know, four one, without playing well. It's just just amazing. It? It's that old cliche, though, isn't it? You know.
1: The teams that, you know, end up doing well at the end of the season are the teams who can win and take three points when they're not playing particularly well. And and that's the type of team we've become now. And let's face it, you know, at some point we are
2: going to jinx this, but we just do not get beat to Goodison. One more, one more, and we've got a full calendar year. We've already gone uh, well over 18 months, no, around 18 months no, over 18 months, isn't it? It is not it 18 getting months now. T- uh, defeated in the league, and that was at Chelsea. We've already paid them back. So, and, and, and it, as you say,
1: it's only one more game and we've gone a full calendar year without losing at home. So, so. that's
2: Boxing Day. We, um, yeah, we, we don't want to blow it there, do we? No, and I'm sure we won't. Um, so, this is a tricky question. Who would you give Man of the Match to <sighs> on Saturday? I know we, we always do my the match anyway, but this. I is... think initially as it came out to the game, I thought, I think
1: Osman was going to be my choice, but as I think back, you know, I thought Coleman played very well, Osman played well. I thought Distan had a very good game.
2: Um,
1: I think I'm going to stick with Osman.
2: Yeah, okay. Uh, I thought Distan... M- mopped up really well and I like, took command of uh you know, a few loose balls and that and just kind of was quite dominant. Uh Jags played well, Oviedo did alright again, Coleman played well and got a goal. Um I think Barry again.
1: It generally wasn't a good performance though as we've already said. I thought Lukaku was very poor. You know, he, he, wasn't, he just wasn't really involved again. He wasn't in the game, you know, I thought you know we gave the ball away a lot in midfield and I didn't think Barry was as as good as he has been in recent games, um, but was still a, a fairly solid performance. It was a solid performance. Barkley did all right again. Yeah, Barkley. But again, you know, I felt that he, he wasted a lot of opportunities. What I will we'll say
2: about Barkley? He looked a little bit. He looked to struggle a, a few times, and you, you know, he went at Arsenal and went at Man U and like they were supposed world class players and had no fear about taking them on with Stoke. He didn't. He, I think he got a little bit of a, a rough. Stoke, not Stoke. Sorry, Fulham. He got a rough challenge off uh, possibly Caragunas where Caragunas should have got booked. Um, and it seemed to you know he seemed to go back into his shell a little bit. It's after a different that. mentality, though, isn't it? I mean, Fulham
1: at home is a game you're expected to win. There's the expectation of the crowd. You know, there's there's a certain level of pressure on there. Uh, whereas. When you go into Man United and Arsenal away, as we both said, there's no fear. Is there? We got nothing to lose.
2: But we don't. We don't want that mentality, do we? Flamey seemed to have that mentality where he could go missing a few times in games that you know against lesser teams, and then turn up and have worldy games against teams in the top four. And now he's just gone missing. Full he's score. gone missing. Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, he, he's another one who's gone home for Christmas early um, in September. Yeah, so I would think my man of the match for, for the game was, was uh, Barry, but. Uh, and we were just saying a little bit about Lukaku being poor. Again, though, he causes an awful lot of like uh, of threat and pulls players out of position. So.
1: He's well good. he does Because he's got That reputation now Hasn't he So, so you know the d- Defenses are, are
2: Going to be Scared of him And rightly so Yes He's still con- still Contributing Even though he's not Doing as well But I mean, he's in a bit of A goals route there, isn't he, he needs a goal He does need a goal Three games But uh, I've got no no Concerns at all No Of course not Okay so um, Shall we leave Leave the Fulham game there And uh, let's Come back in a sec
3: With a little bit Of Everton news I'm Graeme Stewart And I'm not bitter just
2: better news news Um, we've got quite a few news items to get through today but they're all bitty bits Mark so bitty bits yeah so we can probably just whiz through them a little bit (laughs) right okay first up on the agenda the Jared Delefeu injury which you talked on a little bit but uh, I've already done that bit haven't I yeah uh, should, how long is he out for though uh, well let's say initially
1: there was talk of you know four months possibly but it's down to about five weeks now so he's going to miss the Christmas period uh, hopefully we should probably see him back around the time of the Anfield derby do
2: you think the cup game's going to come a little bit too soon for him oh definitely I would yeah
1: what's that it's only two weeks away isn't it early? it's that soon yeah yeah
2: uh, oh yeah,
1: well we haven't touched on that, either, have we? Uh, obviously the draw for the FA Cup.
2: We touched on it a little bit last week. Oh, did we? Just, just uh, in passing though. Uh, obviously QPR. Uh, it's not televised. It's just normally sat- uh, normal Saturday, three uh, o'clock game, which by uh, just by by deduction we can assume that Sky or ITV don't envisage uh, a
1: giant killing they can't foresee an upset in that game which is, which is a vote of confidence
2: well i just hopefully you know the players uh, take that on board and do the biz Um what was I going to say about that oh yeah the cup scheme oh, did the you, auto cup the auto cup did you get your confirmation email I did
1: and again a bit like yourself I wasn't confident in the whole system for anyone who's listening um, you know we have overseas listeners when you buy a season ticket for Eben, uh, you have an option, basically. You can tick a box and you can say, I also want uh, any cup games that were drawn at home uh, to be automatically added to my season ticket. And you take the money out of your bank uh, and then
2: you, you, your card that you used to get in should allow you access to that game. So, yeah, also, if you are not, not been to a game, your season ticket these days is just like a little credit card and you, you just show it on a scanner... Um, yeah, and it
1: lets and it lets you through the turnstile automatically. The amount of times that we've signed up to this auto cup scheme got you know got to the ground of five to three, got to go in and you get the red light of doom, the red know, light of doom, yeah, on the turnstile and, you, and it won't let you in. And it's not easy then to sort out. You have to run round run round the ground to find the, the one window ticket office open. And you never know where that's going to be. Sometimes it'll be at the park end, sometimes the main stand. They like to keep you on your toes with these? Yeah, they really do. And then you'll have to sort of probably pay for the ticket in advance and claim that money back. And it takes ages to get in and it's a pain in the behind. So um, hopefully I've been told... My Auto Cup money's been taken out through the QPR yeah, game. Yeah,
2: me too. Do you remember in in, in, the, in the days when we had our season ticket cards, but they'd still send us a paper ticket for the Cup games? Yeah, they did, yeah. Um, so it, you'd have a lot more faith, but this time, you know, that dreaded. I mean, even every game I go to, I have that feeling of dread for the uh, red light of doom, just in case I get knocked back and have to do that that whole rigmarole of having to pay for a, a ticket and uh, get me money back. Because
1: um, the horrible part is that when you, you finally get in the ground at ten past three and you've got to do that walk of shame to <laughs> everyone and make everybody it stand like, up to oh, get Ah, there's team. always one, isn't Where, there? Where have you been, lad? Hey, hey. <laughs> Kicked off ten minutes ago, this.
2: Yeah, anyway, that's, that's our Everton Mona the week over. I'm sure many, many a blue goes to the game uh, can relate to what we're saying. And many blues, um, you know, it's our little, just a little thing, a little tick which we worry about when we go to match. I'm Um, sure, though, now with the feel-good factor
1: around the club, I reckon Roberto Martinez has probably done all the auto cups himself. He's been there on a computer ticking boxes, you know, because he he wants to make us happy.
2: Yeah. Talking about the feel-good factor... Go on. um, You touched a little bit on it about the feel-good factor Roberto Martinez has brought to the club... There's another man who seems to be responsible for a lot of this, and it's um, like uh, the club liaison officer. Is that what he's called? I Alan, think
1: he's isn't he head of communications? Head of
2: communications, yes. That's a better title. Um, uh, Alan Myers, and I believe he's the one who's responsible for that Malcolm and Wise type video. He was doing some filming, uh, filming on the um, around the club. Uh, you know, it wasn't just the players. It wasn't just the you know the the the, the, the coaching staff. It was. Top to bottom, wasn't it? People involved, catering staff, uh, the club shop, you know, people in the offices. It was just everybody involved, and it, you know, part of part of the club. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people when you talk
1: about a football club, you think of the playing staff. Now, the playing staff are employees of the club, just as you know the catering staff are, or the, the, the you know the people who look after the pitch, for instance, and all the roles are... Are as important to each other in, in you know pushing Everton forwards, Everton Football Club forwards really, um, and, and you know I like that. I like the fact that you you're in, including everybody in like the Everton family.
2: This is something we've heard before though, isn't it? We've heard that uh, Roberto went in, in in his first couple of days and he introduced himself and you know to everybody in the club, uh, and that was something uh, Moyes didn't do. Moyes didn't really have much involvement with the people who weren't involved around the first team. So, um, it's just a really, just a, just a really good vibe around the club. Uh, and another thing that Myers seems to be involved in is, is this week, this turn the street blue.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's been a number of initiatives over the season, hasn't there? There's been different themed days. Uh, we enjoyed Retro Day, didn't we? And there's been just the whole fan zone thing. Different parties at the fan zone, week in, week out. Uh, and now uh, there's been, I think it's called the Blue Crimbo initiative, is it? Where they're turning various streets around uh, Liverpool and different boroughs uh, into Everton-themed Christmas streets, and, and sending a few uh, a few Everton players down to. And
2: it, it's not your No Mark players, is it? It's not. It's and, or your, your No Mark members of staff. They're not just sending, you know. You know the kit man or whatever. He no, sent none other than Duncan Ferguson to a house in Bootle on Monday night, wasn't Monday it? Monday night and
1: what, we're recording this Wednesday morning. Last
2: night he sent Sylvan Distan. Yeah, so you know it's you know quite quite prominent members of the setup there. You know Everton legends. Oh,
1: you know, sorry, I'm just getting a message in the area. Sorry, no, he didn't send Sylvan
2: Distan, He was just there delivering the milk. Apparently. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Aye, aye. Um, so, and Alan is he's, he's in constant communication with the fans on Twitter, taking people's suggestions on board. Um, I saw something today, which is something that might be a little bit uh, morbid, maybe, but, you know, it's a, it's a nice touch, I suppose. But on the Everton official face, Facebook page, the uh, they want to pay tribute to Blues in my ear. Uh, might have passed away over 2013 in a tribute video so to get in touch with uh, any names or who should be included and i, I suppose it'd be an, a nice tribute wouldn't you it would it wouldn't it it is a little bit more, but
1: is. yeah it is it is a nice to again to, to honor the fans and don't worry johnny when when you pop your clogs i'll be sending you in don't worry great okay uh, but just in case alan myers head of communications is listening uh We're bigging you up here, Alan, so anything you can do for us, you know, letting the the not-bitter-just-better-boys into press conferences or setting us up a nice little interview with somebody from the club, uh, we'd be much obliged.
2: Yeah, go ahead, Al. Um, We've got some absolutely huge news. It's uh, comparable only with uh, Loch Ness Titans or um, the the, the Yeti. The Uh, Yeti, yeah. uh, I I
1: couldn't believe it. I I actually had to rub my eyes on, on Saturday.
2: Um, a number of times because I couldn't believe what I was seeing so there was rumours there was seven on the bench one of them being our mate Antolin Alcaraz and so at that point I thought why have we only named six substitutes because he really doesn't exist so uh, uh, the other other thing they could have done was just sent that fitness trainer out uh, just put him in a hat and a scarf and one of those big uh, warm up (laughs) jackets one of (laughs) those super
1: jumbo warm up coats with nine (laughs) layers of clothing underneath
2: yeah, one of those Arsene Wenger jackets, just send them out with it and, you know, nobody would know any, be any the wiser, would they? Um, but no, Alcaraz was actually there, warming up. Well, was he? Or was it just a student from Lippe? It could well have been, with an Alcaraz mask, because it did look like
1: the pitches we've seen of Alcaraz. Yeah, uh, he didn't get on the pitch, um, he didn't actually do that much warming up compared to some of the players, <laughs> compared to, to Yellimich or anyone, um, so, but he does exist we yeah. can now confirm that
2: Alcaraz is real yeah uh, and he's likely to get a look in over the Christmas period probably isn't he or against, okay. Q, against QPR yeah um, someone he, else unless he gets injured eating his Christmas dinner <laughs> <laughs> yeah possibly uh, someone else looking to return or um, an appearance. Baines Layton Baines looks like he's making um, he, he could possibly make the trip to Swansea at the weekend
1: Yeah, and I just want to go on record here to basically say, you know, if Oviedo does get his big money move to Man United, I don't think Baines is ready to step into his shoes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because that was the prediction I made with Oviedo earlier (laughs) in the season. And how wrong was
2: I? You'd rather see Gareth Barry step into the (laughs) left-back position than Baines step up. (laughs) Thanks for reminding me about that, yeah. Uh, Man U, big money signing. They've been made favourite. Favourites to sign, Ross Barkley.
1: Ross Barkley? Why would Ross Barkley want to go to Manchester United?
2: Well, I don't know. It's just, I mean, these rumours are going to just go, go and go and go, even if we win the league. Because Moyes really developed him, didn't
1: he? I mean, you know, really gave him a chance in the first team. So, (laughs) well, you only have to look over at United now. I mean, Zahar, one of the brightest talents in, in, you know, English football, uh, and he's not getting the look in, is he? So... It's funny, That's isn't? the Moyes way, isn't it? He'd rather play 40-year-old Ryan Giggs every single game for 90 minutes. Uh,
2: it's funny, isn't it, that Barkley Barkley's come out and done, you know, he did his first interview when he got the man of the match against Arsenal and he came out and he's done another interview with the club uh, and he seemed to have a little, a few little uh, snipes at Moyes uh, and not involved. I've not seen that. I, mean, I, it was just, I, I think it was uh, on Everton, Everton TV or something like that and um, saying about uh, just about his development and m- maybe not being included as as often as he as he wished he could have been, and um, you know praising Roberto for including him So I don't know. So and uh, maybe maybe you're right. He don't think he'd want to join Moyes, would he? He's not going anywhere. And
1: just just touching back on the last story, the Bain story. Uh, we didn't really mention, but it, it looks like he could be back in as little as two weeks. Uh, I think uh, he has made a. A quicker recovery than expected from his fractured metatarsal. Uh, so, yeah. Good go back over Christmas. The time. naughtiest
2: left-back in town.
1: The naughtiest left-back in town. Um,
2: he might just be driving. Possibly. Um, transfer news are the, the same old stories. Uh, Shane Long, been linked with him again. Uh, and, and that last week. Dundee United's uh, trio of youngsters we should just buy Dundee Dund- United or yeah. as a feeder club. As oh, said. Over
1: the last couple of months, we've been linked with, I think this is about four or five players from Dundee United now. Surely, you could probably buy Dundee United for about a million pounds. And but, if it is such a hotbed of young talent, uh, yeah, let's just do a, like a, a feeder club situation with them.
2: So, we, this this week's three players are Andrew Robertson, John Sutar, is that his name?
1: Sounds good to me.
2: And Ryan Gald again. Right, OK. So, oh wow! I mean, we'll see, won't we? We'll see. Um, we could send Stephen Smith there on loan as well. Yeah, send Jalovich. <laughs> he could bang goals in in Scotland
1: again. He could come back with a bit of confidence again, couldn't he? We could send him for half a season. you will get loads of goals. Bring him back in January. you will get loads of goals for us in the second half of the season. And then keep doing that every year. OK, OK. Uh,
2: The final two pieces of news uh, about loans, the loan system. Uh, Apparently, after the success of Lukaku and Delafeu and Gareth Barry this season, a lot of top European clubs now want to send the players on loan to Evan.
1: Well, that's good news, I suppose. As long as it's decent players and not just any old rubbish that they want to try and put in the shop window.
2: Yeah, and this has been picked up by... It seems like every every red shite who's all over our Facebook, they don't go on their own. They come on ours and they come on other, other Everton sites going on about our lone players. Our lone players this, our lone players that. The you best be- one
1: I've seen was some copite out who was going on saying, you can't even get your own striker, you've got a Chelsea reject. And... I just said Victor Moses back to him because they've done exactly the same and Victor Moses, so where's the difference? It's just that we got the better player.
2: Yeah, we got we got in there first for the better one. Um and it's all over the news though, isn't it? That you know, we've already talked about Gareth Barry, his contract's up. Uh, so he's you know, he's probably gonna sign for us. Uh Derefeu and Lukaku, that's two loans.
1: Yeah, I mean, the annoying thing is uh, there's a programme on a Sunday morning on Sky called Sunday Supplement, which for anybody who doesn't watch the programme is basically a load of journalists sat around discussing the Sunday papers and discussing, uh, you know, the, the subjects that have come to light in football that week. Everton get a mention about once a season for about 30 seconds because it's all, you know, Man United this, Man United that, Jose Mourinho... Uh, you know the red shite uh, and you know this week at the start of the programme he said to all you Everton fans out there we promise you this week we're going to talk about Everton so I watched the you know the, the usual boring rubbish and about 45 minutes in he said right we're going to talk about Everton now and then he proceeded for 15 minutes to say basically to sort of say Everton are cheating by using the loan system <laughs> well <laughs> Why? I don't know. They were all saying he wanted the loans banned. Apparently, Michelle Platini wants loans banned. Um, I, I don't really get it. If it's there in the rules, you can use it. And, you know, for a club like... A, a lot of people are saying, are using, you know, the argument of, well, why do you want to get loans anyway? Because if you qualify for your and then all your loan players go back to the parent clubs, what, you're going to just capitulate next season and fail? But, if our loan players get us into Europe, that then gives us a whole new revenue stream to go out and buy some players.
2: Yeah. Also, you know, if you're going to stop loans, shouldn't you stop the monopol- monopolising uh, of you know all talent by the big clubs? The reason Lukaku is on loan is because Chelsea buy six or seven forwards, at, you know, and want to have six or seven forwards at a time, and you know those players won't don't don't even see see a game. So. And like I said, you know, the young talent, they, they, they go out and get all, the, you know, harvest all this young talent. We can't, you know, how, how are we meant to compete with that without the money? So why should they have all those players? And you know, does he want players sat on the bench? It's, it's, it's one of them arguments, and I'm sure it will rattle on. But
1: while the system is in place, then you use the system to your best advantage,
2: and that's exactly what Everton have done this season. I mean. He, Man United used it. They got Larson a few years ago on loan. They've had it, I, can't, I can't think of other ones off the top of my head. Um, but they they have used the um, the loan system, haven't they? Uh, Arsenal got on rebuff although he wasn't particularly successful. But they've loaned players out like Reyes and um, you know, over the years, whatever. Of course, it's yes, there. So you know, probably probably will change the rules because it's not Liverpool doing it at seven. Well, what this boils down
1: to basically is, if you're an Evertonian, don't listen to the national media, just listen to us.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we're not biased at all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right, last bit of news. In fact, we'll talk about the last bit of news because it's it's about uh, a dodgy referee returning in in our next game. So we'll look at that a little bit. uh,
1: Yeah, we'll do that in a preview to the game. There is one other piece of news that's broke on Merseyside this week. Now, we're on very dodgy ground here, so we can't really go into the... You know, details of this, but uh, on social media last week, a story broke, shall we say. Yeah, now we're going to skirt around this a little bit, and it involved uh, a well known football and celebrity, I suppose, uh, uh, on Merseyside. Uh, We can't say his name because we think there is some sort of media injunction going on with regards to this at the minute, but it's similar to Rendon Bodgers. Yeah. Would you, say that, would you say that's fair, yeah? Yeah, I'd say it's a very, it's similar, yeah. Somebody caught... Right. I'm sure you might be able to work out who that is. His name isn't actually Rendon Bodgers, but you can probably work out who we're talking about. And the rumour broke that uh, Mr. Bodgers uh, was maybe having some sort of affair with a woman that used to be a man. Uh, I, I, a notorious one. A notorious woman that used to be a man. Now... You know, we're not one to, to, you know, to speculate on rumor, are we? But um, we'd just like to say that this story really amused us through the week and and seemed to have some legs.
2: Yeah, yeah, it definitely did. And it's just the the, uh, the the way it came out. It was it was like this. this it seems like this. She seems like a little bit of a uh, I don't know controversy monger. Is that is that a term? Who the the girl that
1: used to be a man.
2: Yeah, uh, I think she—you—you you could say she's very media
1: savvy and likes attention.
2: Yeah, and um, uh, spreads all kinds of rumors about uh, what he—sorry, uh, she—and uh, Mister Bodgers Mister Budge's. Mister Budge's. careful, uh, Mister Budge's might have got up to in an in intimate manner. Yeah, Mister Budge's has definitely been doing some budgering. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, we, we can't we can't com- confirm any of this. We can only speculate. And
1: what we can say uh, is that we are praying that this story is true because it would be funny and he would never live it down.
2: Yeah, and Mr. Bodgers has, has got a little bit of a reputation for not uh, not staying at home, shall we say?
1: Um, and in totally unconnected, it is
2: connected really.
1: Uh, if you want to check out the Twitter page of Chelsea Harwood. It might uh, shed some light on the matter. Chelsea
2: Headley, wasn't it? No, Harwood.
1: Harwood. Chelsea Harwood at Twitter. Have a look at her Twitter page uh, and that might shed some light on what we're skating around at the moment. Anyway.
2: Yeah, let's leave that right there. Let's leave
1: that right there before we get uh, sued because we haven't got any money
2: because it's Christmas and we can't pay any fines. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC Not Bitter, Just Better. Or you can find us on Twitter at Just Better EFC. Right, it's that time again where we look ahead to our upcoming fixture, which at this weekend is a way visit on Sunday to Swansea.
1: It is, yeah. Um... Dollar Blues fans will be getting up nice and early and getting on the coach to go down on Sunday. I think the coaches are leaving at about sort of half six, seven o'clock in the morning, which is ridiculous. Um, to get down to, you know, a ground where last season I think we probably would have gone with a little bit of fear early and probably thought it would be a really tough game.
2: Although last season didn't we beat them was it three nil or three one away early on, very early on in the season.
1: Yeah we did, yeah.
2: Yeah, I remember watching the cat and fiddle. <laughs> anyway random Um, yeah so they're just coming into a little bit of decent form aren't they
1: yeah they've just scraped into the top half of the league I think they're sitting in 10th at the moment Um, maybe yeah I think they're 10th aren't they on 20 points uh, following uh, the result last week
2: Uh, a 1-1 draw to away to Norwich I'm sorry Mark I'm just very distracted I'm going to say this on air um, it seems that we've got Hagrid from Harry Potter outside your window. <laughs> I just got onto
1: them and tried to stifle our laugh as I was introducing the, uh, the, the Swansea game.
2: Yeah, I don't know why Hagrid from Harry Potter's outside, but... Um, Is he com- coming to bring you your, your, your invitation to go to Hogwarts next year? Possibly. Um, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> we're trying to record a serious podcast here. Well, Hagrid should do one. <laughs> Shall we get him in?
1: <laughs> They're not that big dog, we don't know. That's scary. Anyway, that's enough Harry Potter inside jokes. Um, yeah so Swansea secured a, a point away at Norwich uh, last week and you know they are in sort of semi good form. Not nowhere near the level they were playing last season I would say though. Uh Michu doesn't seem to be in uh,
2: scoring as freely well, as he has done. He he's been injured the past few weeks um and he's he's back he's back now. He started
1: up front on his own last week.
2: And he had Boney on the bench and he him did, yeah. Um so didn't Dyer put them up front? Uh, put them in front at the weekend, and then went off with a bit of a horror injury, which he couldn't show. It was so bad, I believe.
1: Yeah, it was so bad, and uh, it's. I thought it was like some sort of career-threatening leg break, but apparently he's not even broke his leg.
2: No, so I, from the way it sounds, maybe his be- his leg bent the wrong way or something like that. But, but it, I'm it's glad still,
1: he didn't. I don't like watching those no. challenges on the replays, and then he slow it down and he show it ten times, and you're like, you're getting that funny feeling, and you're growing your balls. <laughs> so you know when it makes sure you you go and you make that sort of noise when you're watching these things
2: yeah so I'm glad you didn't see it as well but although the intrigue is there as to what he actually did uh, I don't want to know I'm happy I don't want to know I can live without seeing it um, but that put them up 1-0 up against Norwich and then Norwich came back into it with it, uh, a bit of a bit of a goal wasn't it a goal from, from Gary Hooper old with Chip yeah contrary to popular belief it, it isn't the, it isn't the Gary Hooper who used to come to match at the match day lounge all the time with us Chip I used to wear that blue jacket all the time. It wasn't that Gary Hooper. It was the Gary Hooper exelter. Yeah, um, and he's he's in a good run of form, but you know that's another matter. Um, so it'll be a tricky game again. They're all tricky games, aren't they? Yeah, I mean a lot of things have been
1: said about our easy Christmas period. Really, the, the six or seven games across December and the start of January, where you know we could take a lot of points. And when you look at them on paper. The two that sort of stood out for me is being possibly, you know, potential banana skins with Swansea away in Southampton at home, uh, and, and this is obviously one of them. But you know, I, I, again, I, I'm fairly confident. I think Swansea play a style of football that
2: that, that we play, um, well, but yeah, I think we play it a lot better. You know why that is because that's the the whole philosophy that uh, Roberto integrated at that club, which has then been carried on. You, said, for, yeah, you know, yeah. through. Um, Rendon Bodgers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh
2: no, I'm giving away now who it is. <laughs> and did you have you seen that documentary, the the rise of uh, Swansea City?
1: I think I have, but I can't remember much about it. Um, I
2: think I think it was Toshak who was in charge at Swansea, and you know he did a lot of good work there. You know, red shite, whatever. Um, but then uh, there's a little bit on it uh, about when Roberto came into the club. And basically changed the whole philosophy, the whole ethos of the club. Had them starting to play football, uh, have trust in the football abilities. Uh, he seems to
1: have a habit of doing that,
2: doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the fact that he struggled at Wigan but won the cup. You know, Wigan. They just didn't have. They didn't have the players. Wigan don't win FA Cups, do they? That's no. You know, and, and now he's doing that at Everton, uh, and it'll be. I am th- sure he'll get a warm reception down there because he, he I can't see anyone having anything bad to say about him. Can you? No,
1: no, exactly. So um yeah, so I'd say they play a style of football that I think we will be comfortable against because, you know, it's similar to what we play, but I think we do it a lot better than them at the moment. Um, you know, I think we've got better players. Uh I think, you know, Martinez probably knows their system inside and out. Um, so I expect probably a win for the blues. Um, team wise I would you know, McCarthy should come straight back in, I would have thought. I know we won four one last week and it's difficult to change a win inside, but you have to because Dela is out. Well it'd be morales, morales for Dela Feu yeah. will it um, so I would expect would you expect Osmond to go back to the bench? I think Barkley might make way. You think he might best Barkley? Yeah. It's possible. We you know, we've seen it over the last few games, it's difficult to predict. I'm not saying he should. But yeah, I'm just, yeah. no, I, I think you may be right. I think it'll either be... I think it'll be straightforward swap Morales, Fidela Feu, uh McCarthy to come back in, and then, uh, yeah, either Osman or Barkley on the
2: bench. I think Baines is probably going to make the trip, but not feature, not even on the bench. Yeah, I don't think
1: Baines will come straight back in. There's no need to bring... There's no need to risk Baines. There's, there's no need to bring... We're not desperate for a left-back because Obiedo's be playing out of his skin. Um, so, yeah... Uh, and as far as the, the Swansea team goes, um, obviously they've lost Dyer this week, so they'll probably be, maybe they'll bring put Mechu back into midfield and start Bony. Um, my man to watch, Mark Max, man to watch for Swansea, is I'm going to pick Jonathan de Guzman. Yeah. Um, American international, uh, was on loan and did some good things at Swansea last season, uh, and I think he's been signed permanently now. I think he came from Seville in Spain. Uh, every time I see him, I think he's a great player. He, he's he's deadly from set pieces. He's got a crack left foot, crack and finish on him. Uh, I think he's a very underrated player, and you know he's someone who I wouldn't have minded seeing coming to Everton. I think he, you know, the the lad's got a lot about him, uh, and as I say, he he,
2: he can be deadly on uh, set pieces. So he's someone we've got to watch out for. They've got a few um a few decent wide players, haven't they? they you know, they they had Routledge and Dyer, who obviously Dyer's. Uh, Got, got out of the side is it Hernandez and Rangel as well?
1: Yeah, they have, yeah.
2: Yeah, so and they have, they have a lot of good interplay between them. Um at the back
1: Ashley uh, Williams is a good player, isn't he? Is he? We, we know that. I think uh, Is Chico out Chico's, Chico's out. out to them in a deep play, the centre half called Arnath at the back last week, who yeah. I can't say I know much about. Um I know recently they have been struggling in goal because Michelle Borm's been injured and there was talk of them getting shape Given in at one point. Uh, as like a temporary keeper but Vaughan played last week so oh they've got Voldemort in midfield as well and, and another no, Harry, Harry Potter Voldemort, reference yeah so we had, maybe that's why Hagrid turned up to uh, to help us in the battle against Voldemort at the weekend Vaughan's a good shot stopper he's a good keeper Vaughan yeah. I, I do I do rate him uh, but you know uh, I expect us to go there and I expect three points and I'm going to say we are scoring goals at the minute so I don't know but a three ones just popped into my head what, I, yeah I'm gonna go three one again
2: okay well fingers crossed we can pull that one off and I'm not gonna predict, as always Fair enough. <laughs> yeah so uh, we've got we're gonna do a little bit of feedback now and we've had we, we, we mentioned one of our listeners from from uh, down under um, he sent us a, is uh, it out from home and away yeah <laughs> and so he's um,
1: how's he got time to, to, to listen to our podcast when he's running the coffee shop on his own all the time?
2: Uh, God knows what's going on in Home and Away these days well that wasn't even these days was it that was about 15 yeah, 20 I'm, years ago. Yeah, I don't think I've seen Home and Away in about 12 is he even still alive possibly uh, well yeah, I think he's hes like he'll sub- out- outlive the cockroaches evil money is he still chasing flaming kids out from the, the back of his boat yard or wherever he's got? Anyway, anyway, yeah. So we mentioned, mentioned him uh, last week or a few weeks ago. Carl Rowlands, who's listening in Sydney. So we'll uh, let him have a, have a minute to say what he. Uh, He's listening
1: with
0: Sydney or with in Sydney. Th- in Sydney. Brendan Rodgers does that. To oh. Hi, guys. It's Carl Rollins from Sydney, Australia. Loving the podcast. Much prefer it than a Skype call, let me tell you. Um, being, being on the other side of the world is quite tough to watch matches. Um, time difference can be a pain, but, um, yeah, you're right. They're always on uh, Fox Sports. So you just choose or you can record them, which is fantastic. Look, your podcasts keep me going down here, guys. So keep up the good work. Um, just a few questions, really. Just wanted to know whether you thought Oviedo could maybe play on the left. Um, you know, maybe he could have the, the um, De La Feuille role whilst, whilst he's out injured. Um, Osman is my favourite player, I reckon. Um, and I'd really, really made up that he's not playing all the time, because it shows how good a squad we are. So, Look, if, if we do have a few injuries, which I suspect we will, I think he's a great player to come in and slot in. Um, just wondering whether you guys reckon we can finish top four as well. Um, I've been joking with everyone out here because all the top sides are dropping points. like it's going out of fashion. We seem solid. I mean, we only lost one game, have we not? And that was away to City. Um, so, yeah, I think we, we're, we're pretty nailed on. Just wondering how realistic you guys thought that was. Um, yeah, that's about it, guys. So keep up the good work and I'll speak to you soon.
1: Right, I'm going to hazard a guess here that you know that was Carl's first appearance on a podcast, um, and probably is uh, his debut at uh, Record Material, and he's already better than we are.
2: No, I think I think he's got some experience. I think he might have done been a radio DJ. Ah, right. In the past. Okay. I was going to say he's got uh, he's got a much
1: clearer speaking voice than we are. Um, yeah. So he's putting us to shame there, really. Um, but. Yeah, it was good to hear from Carl. Um, you know, we, we've uh, had some interaction with Carl in the past via the Facebook page. Um, and uh, it's good to know that we've got listeners as far as as Sydney, Australia. We've got,
2: we've got a few in Australia, haven't we? Um, I just want to say we've touched on this a few times. And, you know, Carl just emailed us that clip. And, you know, we, we've, we said we, we encourage you. Uh, you, if you want to include anything if you want to record any voice clips that you know match reaction to games or questions like that, you can do that and send them to not better just better at, at um,
1: Should we get on with, uh, with answering carl 's queries anyway i mean do you think i 've got a question first do you think he recorded that in his youth what's a youth? I think it's just a, a like a pickup truck, isn't it?
2: Is it? I think so. <laughs> I'm sure. Everyone I'm in Australia has a ute, though. I used to know what this stood for, but I can't remember anymore. Um,
1: <clears throat> I thought it was just utility vehicle. Oh, yeah, it could superstar. well be. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: There you go. Um, Harry Potter and Australian uh,
2: vehicle abbreviations. You,
1: you get everything on the Not Bitter, Just Better podcast.
2: Well, the world of knowledge. Um, so, his first point... Uh Oviedo for Delafeu once Baines comes back in. Do
1: you know, what? it's something I haven't really thought about but you know the form of Oviedo warrants you know, it to be given serious
2: consideration really. I was I was going to mention this before when you said about Baines coming in. I think it would send out a bad message if Baines was just to come in and replace Oviedo. It's like, you know, he's untouchable and I don't think any team any player in the team should be like that. But Baines is, uh, you know,
1: how many times have we said we think Baines is the best left-back in the world? So, uh, can you keep world-class players out of your team? But Oviedo's doing a good job. Well, he is, I agree. And, you know, if we could accommodate both of them, then maybe that's the way forward. You see how far forward Oviedo likes to play. Um, Do we give him that, another option? Does he give us another, you know, bit of versatility and and another way we can, you know, conserve some energy over the Christmas period by playing him in that role?
2: The problem with that is, uh, you've you noticed that when we're in possession and we're controlling the ball, you have Jagielka, and, uh, either Jagielka or Distan, who go out, whatever side the play the ball's on, they tend to become the fullback, don't they? And they have one hole in the midfield, and a midfielder just in front, if anything breaks. Yes. Yeah, so on the left-hand side, you tend to get Distan and um, Barry covering. D- so, D- and Distan... Turns into your left back. Yeah. you're help from Barry. Your left back is then your left winger. Yeah. Your left winger is in field. If you've got Oviedo and Baines, you've got Distan who pushes across the left back, and then you've got Baines pushing up into that left wing position. Where does Oviedo go? Does he go in field or does he go further on? on the left so you might have too many left-sided
1: yeah I mean uh, one thing that we've not really mentioned is if you'd have a look to the team there is a great balance at the moment because you'd have a look on the left-hand side you've got this down as a left centre-back left-footed you've got Gareth Barry as the left-hand side of the two holding midfielders left-footed can play on the left and then you've obviously got Pinar Baines or Oviedo so you've got a lot of players who are comfortable in that position and I think that, that you know that works on both sides of the the, the field because then you've obviously got McCarthy and Jagielka and everyone else on the right hand side, and um, so it's whether playing
2: the two of them would maybe upset that. But I don't think it would. I I think it's it def- is another option. It's definitely a different option because you've got Morales, who you know that when he plays on the left, he wants to cut in onto his right.
1: Yeah, Morales is more of a free role player, I think. Yeah.
2: So yeah, good good uh, good suggestion, and it's definitely something that you know and uh, Roberto could play with. I
1: wouldn't be opposed to it anyway, and you know, as I was saying, he's lost Delafeu now for the next couple of weeks, uh, you know, there's a question mark over whether Morales can play sort of two, three games, you know, in a short period of time, so yeah, definitely another option, and I think it's something that we may see, maybe, you know, there's a game on Boxing Day and then again two days later, isn't it, on a Saturday, um, so yeah, it's definitely an option for
2: them games, good shout well, uh, that also leads into his, um, into his second point, which was the squad, about Osman um, not getting much of a game and being his favourite player, uh, and not getting much of a game because of the, the, the quality of the squad these days. And Somebody
1: who he- doesn't underrate Leon Osman.
2: Yeah, nice. Uh, and we've just talked about that, the quality of the squad. You know, you've got McCarthy to come back in. You've got a couple of players on the bench. I mean, our benches look quite strong for a while. You had, and you had you had Naismith, who couldn't make the bench up until when McCarthy dropped um, out due to the suspension. And Naismith back on the bench at the weekend. Well, Oviedo
1: wasn't making the bench until he came in and started having world-class performances for us. It, 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 it,
2: yeah, so excuse me. I, it's good times. I mean, people talk about these loan signings, whatever. You know, we've got a couple of loan signings, but the quality of, of the rest of the squad... Is 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 decent as well. And got, both you,
1: Martinez and Howard have come out to you know the last couple of days and said, "Do you think we'll strengthen the squad over the, in January?" So
2: yeah, um, so onto his final point which is a bit of a big one, which could be a show in itself next week, really, couldn't it?
1: He's putting us on a spot now with the the shout about whether we will finish in the top four.
2: Um, I do not see why not. I don't see why. The only the only reason I see why not is that the, the four who are above us at the moment keep,
1: keep. i think i think man, right i think man city are going to win the league i really do i think man city are, you know as long as they can sort out the, the the slightly dodgy away form at the start of the season for me man united uh, man city are going to you know win the league probably by a fairly decent margin i think arsenal are still playing you know they've had a couple of bad results the last couple of weeks but you know, Arsenal still going to be there or thereabouts. So then really, there's two spots up for grabs, I think, in that top four. You know, as much as we don't want to admit it, Liverpool just look like a, you know, a fairly unstoppable at the moment. banging goals in for fun, even without, you know, Sturridge and Stevie Me. last week. Uh, you know, they still put five past Tottenham, albeit very a very called Tottenham very, side, yeah. um, And, so now Tottenham have sacked Villas-Boas um, So we don't know what they're going to do They fell off the pace a little bit But they're still there or thereabouts I mean I thought it was a knee-jerk sack And I, don't think, I think he should have been given a bit more time uh, When you look at Tottenham they, you know, They've won 6-6 six and six in Europe They're still in the semi-finals of the, the League Cup They're still in the FA Cup And they're in touching distance at the top of the league And he sacked the manager oh, I think he
2: deserved it after that performance
1: well, I know you do, but everyone has bad days. I mean, we could go out and get to be five mil next week just because we have an 5-0, off day, I but we just sack Martinez because of that.
2: You but yeah, but not not just because of that though, was it? it there's been it, he, he, the thing is with him, he's gone out and spent about a hundred million in the summer, and whether it was him who spent that or not is, is is debatable. And you know, we you know we joked about Tottenham before buying all the midfielders ever um, and trying to get them to gel. But if you can't spend that much money on not be challenging and they're not challenged at the moment so realistically I think there's two spaces in
1: the top four upper grabs between um, Chelsea Spurs United Liverpool and ourselves and I, I don't think you can discount Man United I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd put us I'd put, we're in a much more favourable position and if I had to bet money on who's going to finish in the league this year Everton or Man United I'd say Everton every time and that's not from a supporter's point of view it's from a looking at it as an outsider on form and you know momentum, um, so
2: you know we're only six a... points ahead of them. What, yeah, we are. Yeah, that's undone in one game. Yeah, you know, if they much, if yeah. they beat us, you know we lose. You know, you know, the three points closer to us. I think,
1: of course, they are. So, I mean, that that exactly. So, do I think we will finish in the top four? I think we've got a very good chance uh, at the moment. I've got a feeling we
2: won't. I Yeah, it just worries me that it's not that how many games we'll win. I think we'll, we'll, we will win a lot of games this season. I think we'll still draw a few and other teams will keep on winning when we're drawing. We might not even lose that many, but we might drop points where other clubs won't drop points and that's what that's what worries me so will we drop as many points as other clubs drop I think that's the bigger question rather than uh, getting beat uh, I think it's dropping points and I think we might drop points at places
1: What I will say is though I think we're going to win the FA Cup we haven't even played the game any yet but I've just had this little vision of seeing storylines of Martinez winning the FA Cup on two years on the run with two different clubs
2: That'd be, that would be a story, wouldn't it? And there, there was that question, there was a question going out last week um, with the brief bit of Everton, Everton coverage. Uh, what would be better for a club of Everton's size? Uh, you know, would it be better to get silverware again, or would it be better to be top four? Um, I, think, I think top four.
1: Well, this question was put to Graeme Stewart, wasn't it, the weekend? Oh, and yeah, that's that.
2: what it was, yeah. And yeah. he said both. Oh yeah, why not? We can dream of both. Well why not? That's why a, not? a great answer from him. yeah, yeah. So that's why it was that's why we got a bit of Everton coverage, because it was out of Everton do with yeah. Everton legends. <laughs> that's the only way we'll get it.
1: And we were interviewing an Everton player. There you go. So yeah, so um definite chance of the top four. I'm still fairly pessimistic, you know. I'm
2: expecting the wheels to fall off at any time, aren't you? We know. do, we, we know what Everton are like, don't we? I, I know.
1: As much as it's in our own hands, it's also in the hands of what other clubs perform. Saying like. that, though,
2: I'm expecting the wheels to fall off other clubs as well.
1: Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's all out in the open. Ask me in, uh, ask me in March. And get <laughs> we will do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, cheers for that, Carl. And any other feedback from you folks, you know, we give you the Facebook links and the Twitter links before get in touch. Always willing to give you shout-outs and talk about your topics. This is Bob Latchman. I'm not bitter, just better.
1: what i like best about using this clip of music is that i've got this picture of tim Howard listening to our podcast on the team bus and then all of a sudden having to stand up and put his hand on his heart and all the other players going what's he what, what doing what's up with him when the master anthem comes on yeah that'd be good <laughs> it'd be good if he's doing that give us a shout out tim um now uh continued listeners to our podcast will Obviously, know that that's the second national anthem we've ever played on our and the not this is just better podcast following uh, the Russian national anthem, which was in about episode four or something when we uh, profiled Andre Kinchelskis.
2: Yeah, and it can only mean one thing, can it? We're profiling an American player,
1: and, and it's not Tim would
2: No, we've started a new thing because we were doing uh, we didn't end up doing a Hall of Fame last week, but um, we said we were going to shake things up a little bit, and we've. St- we're playing with the idea of something new, aren't we? So we put a, a, a Facebook out there this morning, and had an overwhelming response. Just, we had a strategy uh, for choosing a random player, but it was a bit convoluted, wasn't it? It was, yeah.
1: Can I just ask before we go on? Is, are we just gonna? Is the last lamp gonna play the whole time? We yeah, do
2: this? We, we, I couldn't bring myself to cut it off. Right, okay. leave it on. It'll Can I at, sit down? Yeah. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So basically, we put out on the Facebook page and said. Random play- Everton player, go, and uh, it, uh, about a hundred and something comments later.
1: <laughs> yeah, about a hundred and twenty options to choose out of. Um, a few of them we'd already done, so like said, Tim Cahill have gone into the holiday. Yeah, league. we should have we
2: should have specified that in the post, really. Uh, I I should have done. Cause it was me who did it. Uh, we we can't we couldn't really do players like Tim Cahill, and we thought we were going to get like a hundred Duncan Ferguson's, which we 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 probably could have done, but he's not exactly random, is he? Um, and we obviously had Gary Speed, uh, rest in peace, and you know that we've, we touched on him a few weeks ago. So, as far as random players go, we've chosen an American. We have, and it's uh, Joe Maxmore. Joe Maxmore, how would you
1: like it? Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll follow the way that we do the Hall of Fame. We are still going to occasionally have the Hall of Fame, but we were just very wary that you know we were going to water it down if we put somebody in it every single week. Um, so. I'm saluting. You are saluting. <laughs> I've got a little tear running out my eye now, and pictures of American soldiers running across the battlefield going through my head. Um, so, first question, Johnny. What is Joe Max Moore's middle name? Oh, it's a tough one, that is.
2: Um, oh, what's in the proper American name? Randall? No, it's Max. Oh, right, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you would have got that one, mate. Uh, Joe
1: Max Moore, born February the twenty third, nineteen seventy one. So he's he's forty two, and he was born in Tulsa, in Oklahoma. Uh,
2: nice.
1: So do you think he's ever been twenty four hours from Tulsa?
2: Yeah,
1: like the Gene Pitney song.
2: Yeah, possibly. Probably, probably has been a lot. Probably when he played for Everton,
1: he was probably all twenty four hours from Tulsa. Um. That's just a very vague sort of musical reference if any kids that everyone will be listening. Anyone listening, will go, what are they talking? about? Any
2: kids listening to this will
1: not have a clue what you're going. to Probably won't have a clue what Joe Max Moore is. Any kids listening, and you're down with like Spotify and all that stuff. Get onto 24 Hours from Tulsa by Gene Pitney. It's a tune. I'm telling you. Yeah, did it here first. Anyway, um, as most American players do, uh, Joe started his career uh, in college. College. Which is university? And he didn't play
2: football over there. He no, played, he
1: played soccer. He played soccer in college, yeah. uh, and he, he went to UCLA, which is a a very famous American university. And second question: What does UCLA stand for, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I thought you
1: were saying knowledge is power, we call.
2: Uh, something of Los Angeles, correct? Uh, university
1: of Central Los Angeles. Oh,
2: University. I was I was trying to think what to say. I, I knew it was University, but I thought it was University and College of Los Angeles. So that didn't didn't sound as good, does it?
1: Anyway, moving on. Um, and, uh, UCLA has a reputation as being you know very sport oriented Yeah, basketball, baseball, American football. I'd yeah, imagine, yeah. and a little bit of soccer. Yeah. Um. So he Joe Max has come up through the. Uh, UCLA playing uh, NCAA soccer now I think that's the National College Athletics Association yeah right? it would be yeah. I'm doing well with these aren't I yeah. um, and he's, he's played soccer there uh, before going over and starting his career in Germany of all places he started his career in 1994 professionally at FC Saarbrücken and as usual Johnny's going to give us a bit of information about FC Saarbrücken Well, at a German second division side, I hope you're out anyway. Uh, and he only stayed for one season, did old Joe Max. Uh, and made 25 appearances and scored 13 goals in 25. It's alright. Yeah, he's done one well. 1 2, yeah. Well, that's a bit over 1 and 2, isn't it? Just about. Um, and then obviously, he's been clocked by one of the bigger German sides, one of the uh, the Bundesliga sides. Uh, and in '95, he went to Nuremberg.
2: Don't know uh, anything about that either.
1: What Nuremberg?
2: You've not been there, right. haven't
1: you? Did you go to the Nuremberg game? No, didn't no. go. Okay. All right. Um, well, Shannon for Nuremberg. Um, he played again one season uh, and made twenty-seven
2: appearances and scored eight goals. That's yeah, not right. alright, it's, oh, it's, right. it's one well, three. He, he wasn't an out and out, was he? So he, he he was more of a like a, a, a deeper attacker so that's alright inside forwards really wasn't he Um,
1: he's done at the end of 96 probably been a little bit homesick and he's gone back to the the MLS I think probably it was about the time when the MLS was getting set up 96 I think it was probably a inaugural season Uh, so they were looking to bring players in from all over the world and obviously bring a few American players back to the States Uh, and he, he signed for the New England
2: Revolution nice name I like it, yeah. If okay. you ever, you, you know, none of this whole City Tigers, if, if we ever do something like that...
1: Well, we're the new Everton Revolution now under Robbie M, aren't
2: we? Yeah, but I'd like something like that, you know, something like something like that as a tagline rather than, you know, Everton... What, what's the, uh, what's the basketball team, is it Everton... Is that Everton, Everton Tigers, Everton tigers? Was, yeah. yeah, no, I don't fancy that.
1: Everton Revolution, I like that. So anyway... Joe Maxmore goes back to the MLS. They then had a, I think they had when he first set it up. They had like a bit of a like a draft, uh, and he got posted to the. It sounds weird, this doesn't it Yeah. Uh, the New England Revolution, um, but he was injured when he first uh, made his debut for the Revolution and didn't start too well. Um, he did stay for four years, however, uh, and apart from being injured throughout 1997, uh, he was one of the best players in. in in the MLS in its first few years, uh, and he made uh, ninety appearances and scored forty-nine goals. So that's nearly fifty goals in ninety. So again, better than one and two.
0: Yeah, good going
1: again. Uh, in November of nineteen ninety-nine, uh, while still under the contract with Revolution, Joe Maxmore tipped up at Evan, uh, and he didn't have authority to come and train with Evan at the time. So he was a bit of a naughty boy, really, uh, going a bit AWOL. Uh, and he came over uh, and had a, a trial at Everton, uh, which lasted for seven days. Now I'm hoping he wasn't playing constantly for seven days because he would have been knackered.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'd imagine. Um, yeah, so they're, they're kind of down season as we know from the Donovan deals over the last few years. Uh, you know, they they end this, their season ends in October, November time, doesn't it? So he might have been under you know under contract to them, but it's their kind of post season, so you know, he didn't just turn up at Everton in the middle of their season, because that would have been even more yeah, dodgy,
1: wouldn't it? However, when the Blues showed interest in him, uh, good on New England Revolution, he didn't stand in his way, and he allowed him a free transfer to sign uh, for, for the Blues, uh, and he, he signed in November 1999, uh, and signed a three and a half year deal, uh, on which apparently he was paid $600,000 a season, so that's what about... Four hundred thousand pound a season. So,
2: but it's less than less than ten yeah, grand a week, probably,
1: isn't it? Probably not a great wage, really. Um, and he made an immediate impact at Everton, didn't he? Think did he score five in his first five games? Was it? Was that much? Yeah, it was? was, yeah. Um, I mean, what, what what's Your memories of, of Joe Max and his time at Everton? That's what we're going to be interested in on this podcast.
2: Well, yeah, he he was a busy little player, wasn't he? He had, to, I remember him scoring a couple of goals, like a couple of decent volleys, like overhead kick styles, uh, style goals. Uh, yeah, he 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 wasn't like he wasn't like a well class player, but you know, he was he was just kind of fitting for where he was, you know, at the time. He was. Decent. We were in a great side at the time. He scored, we scored a couple of handy goals. He was a little bit handy
1: on the ball. Well, bearing in mind that he scored five in his first five appearances he only made 52 appearances for Evan yeah. so he scored 5 in his first 5 in his next 47 appearances mm. he scored 3 Yeah, he right. only scored a total of 8 goals
2: for Evan how many of those appearances were off the bench? Uh, why are you asking me questions like that? I've got no idea I'd, I'd, I'd hazard a guess and say a lot
1: Out the majority, yeah, I agree I, I do agree um, can you remember in particular any, any specific goals that he scored or anything that he did?
2: No, uh, just sort of like a, a bit of a volley, a bit of a volley, a decent volley. One I can't remember who we're against though, unfortunately.
1: He was one of them, wasn't he? He was a bit cult hero. Wish at the time where there was a few songs bandied around about him. You know, there was one about posh face. I do remember where. Yeah. and yeah. you know, there was the
2: whole <laughs> the come by all. He scores. You could just players that have good songs tend to like like you know, you do a baby before they even do anything. He tends to have a bit of a cult, cult status, as you say. And his come by he scores goals, go, Joe Max Moore. that was that come by R? Yeah, that
1: is to the tune of come by Definitely, Come Yeah, mm. he <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah I that do. is come by. <laughs> uh, we're not singers as you can well, Johnny actually is, but we won't go into that. Um so and he, he obviously there's a bit of Joe Maxmore.
2: How'd you like it? How'd you like it? Yeah, so, yeah, so
1: that was he good we were all to. over it with a few songs there, so so he, he was a fairly well liked player, play, we'd say, and he, he sort of opened the doors to us having a relationship with American players. That's
2: what, yeah. We're going to touch on a little bit. He, he kind of opened the doors, as you say. There were a few others who, like, kind of flirted with the uh, I think the American game. I think Preki uh, came from America, didn't he? Uh, when he no, went, I think
1: he went to America, didn't he? Before, after he played for Evans,
2: I thought he came from and went back, and then he was actually an American. Uh, he, he, he wasn't an American citizen. He was, yeah. he, produced, he, so he, uh, he played though, for yeah. the US. Um, so and then he ended up managing there, and I think uh, we we have the relationship. Obviously, we talked a little bit about Robert Vashika and he ended up having a bit after he left the Blues. You know, he, he, he went on to be a coach there for a long time, didn't he? Um, and Joe Maxmore came over, Brian McBride came over not long after. Uh, obviously, we signed Tim Howard, and we, he's been here for what nine years. Yeah, and uh, our, our LD LD nine.
1: London Donovan of course,
2: yeah. Uh, looking at um
1: you know Joe's international career, I mean it's no mean feat. He played a hundred games for the United States. And to get a hundred international caps for any player. And you know, we're talking between ninety two and two thousand and two, United States uh, were a with decent growing nation then, weren't they? On, on the soccer front, on soccer. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So, you know, and he scored twenty four goals internationally, so one in four internationally. You know it's nothing to be sniffed at, and what I can tell you is that his twenty-four goals he scored for the United States rank him fifth in national history. So he's the fifth highest scorer for the USA. Do you want to hazard a guess of the four players who've scored more international goals for America?
2: Eric, Ronaldo. Correct.
1: Would Lala be in there as a defender? No. no. There's big Everton links you've already mentioned. Uh, Donovan. Donovan is one. So Ronaldo is McBride. Two. McBride is three. Roy Weggerly. No. The fourth one is a player who's been linked heavily with Everton.
2: Uh, Clint Dempsey. Clint
1: Dempsey. Yeah. So they're the top five all-time scorers for the minute. That's all right, because that's good company there, isn't it? Donovan, Winalda, McBride, Dempsey, Joe Maxmore. So three of them. Three of the top five all-time scorers. No Kirby Jones no Kobe Jones no he played did he played for Coventry Coventry yeah three of the all time top scorers for America have all played for Evan?
2: yeah good link to have possibly
1: event. four if we get Clem Dempsey on
2: we are we, we've got the, the, the American captain uh, Tim Howard in goal at the moment the newly
1: crowned Conquer Calf goalkeeper of the year right okay that's good knowledge son that's yeah. knowledge for you um, so yeah so I mean after he finished his in career Joe went back to the, the New England revolution uh, and spent a season there but he at this point, he was hampered by injury. He only made 19 appearances for the monetary team, scored four goals, uh, and you know, since his time in football, uh, I think he's you know heavily got into sort of charity work in, in America. Uh, and he played recently for Hollywood United FC, which is run by uh, Vinny Jones, of all people, and they played at the LA Galaxy uh, and raised 100,000 pounds for
2: the American Red Cross. Doesn't Rod Stewart play for them? <laughs> He's 70. All, doesn't all sorts of people play for them, right? yeah. you know, a, a lo- I don't even remember now. Load, loads and loads of British celebrities who've gone over to make a, uh, you know, went over to America and they fancied themselves as a bit of a footy player but never actually made it. So they've gone over and set up their own American team. So. Good on them, at all for well, them. And Vinnie Jones who was of course a professional. Yes, it's, a, it's all for a good cause so so good on them. So, um. So that's your match morning. And that's that's the end of our new feature, just a, a, play, a random player profile. And, you know, it's, 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 I suppose it's, you know, the Hall of Fame, as I say, everybody would have went into the Hall of Fame the way we were going. And we shouldn't be like that. Should, there should be special players. We started this Hall of Fame thinking
1: we'd probably be taking off air after about five episodes. Um, but we've mastered 22 now, so uh, we're just freshening it up a little bit and, and, you know, changing up. We will occasionally do Hall of Fame features. Because there's still a lot of Everton legends that need to go in the Hall of Fame, but we'll just do it more sporadically.
2: Yeah, maybe maybe monthly or even you know every three months or something, uh, so we can put when when it's you know we've got quite a, a good stock in our Hall of Fame at the moment. Basically, but, um, when we've had a quiet week and we're still friends. <laughs> yeah, that's that could or when when we when we get a, a big sitting uh, sitting with uh, an Everton legend like um, Mr. Ferguson, perhaps if that ever happens, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> Uh,
1: so that's it for another
2: week um, all
1: the blue boys are on the way down to the Liberty Stadium on Sunday uh, so safe travel to all the supporters going down there. should be a good day out down in South Wales um, and hopefully three points back for the blues um, obviously it's getting very close to Christmas now, we are hoping for the next uh, Thursday will be Boxing Day yeah, That's sneaking right up there isn't it We are hoping to release a podcast. I'm sure no one will want to listen to it because you know, well, it's, it's going, up, going on the way to the match so well, yeah, there will we be are, a few listening. There are a game that day so um hopefully we should have a podcast recorded
2: after the Swansea game. Uh, I We're not we, As much as we love Evertonians, we love Everton We are not recording an Everton podcast on Christmas Day No, we it's would, not, we would, but I don't think our Yeah, of course we would I don't we, think the wags would be too happy Yeah, we'd we um we'd, we'd probably sit watching footy all day Because Christmas tellies, crap these days If you're not a kid, isn't it? Or well, not, I've got a PlayStation 4
1: So we could play FIFA all day and do the podcast
2: Yeah, I like it so. <laughs> And we can get them together And then they can, you know, knit and make cakes yeah, but I don't that's think gonna that, happen, it's that. not going to happen, <laughs> is it? So, uh, hopefully we'll get something out to your Boxing Day, uh,
1: and, so, and all the best to all our listeners a Merry Christmas.
2: Yeah, uh, as, as always, as I always say, if you're listening on SoundCloud or Stitcher, which I forgot we're on Stitcher, <laughs> <laughs> um, so Stitcher's like, uh, you know, it, I think a lot of people in America use it rather than Podbean, which is our, um, or SoundCloud, which is our UK hosts, um, you can. Subscribe on the iTunes Store if you have an Apple device or an iPad, and there might be one or two people who'll be getting an I- iPhone for Christmas. So,
1: yeah. I think all iPhones now should come pre-installed with a link to to our podcast. I, I agree because it's, it's the only thing buying
2: an Apple device for really. I mean, what
1: else can you get? What else can you do on an iPhone apart from listening to us? Not much.
2: Yeah, not not much at all. Uh, apart from check all our player stats on on uh, Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, <if laughs> you, you can probably if you go on Wikipedia you can probably tell what our player profile is going to consist of if you knew who the player was beforehand yeah okay so hopefully uh, we, we get the three points on Sunday Clattenberg who returns to a uh, referee uh, an Everton game for the first time since that dodgy game where he sent off Tony Hibbert on the advice of Gerrard hopefully he doesn't have much sway on this game and we can come back with the three points and go into a nice Christmas day uh, in the top four, maybe. Would that be too much to ask for? Santa. It's possible. It's possible. Come on, Santa, if you're listening. Um, and that's it, yeah.
1: Merry Christmas, everyone.
2: Have a good one, everyone. And we'll catch you at the other side of Christmas.